Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real-life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We've got something a little bit different for you today where I will actually be interviewed on a podcast. So sitting on the other side of the table, but we've gotten some feedback that, uh, that folks like hearing those. So we're going to start to include some of those in these DJE podcast posts. So let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the uh, episode. Thanks. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we are with a guest that some of you may have heard of, some of you may not have. He's been on the show before, but it's been a few years. Uh, a friend of mine, I, it's, I enjoy catching up with him, but his name is Devin Elder. He's a founder and CEO of DJE Texas Management Group, vertically integrated, um, a firm based in San Antonio. Uh, since 2012, they've completed hundreds of successful projects, including full cycle, you know, multifamily investments, of course, uh, principal in 5,000 plus doors. He's also a pilot, podcast host, host uh, brokerage owner as well. Uh, and he's the founder of the DJE Foundation, which you'll hear at the end of the third segment. He'll talk about that uh, in, a, in, a, in how they're giving back in that way. I love that. I love his desire to be that intentional about giving. Uh, but you know what? You're going to learn a lot from Devin. We're going to do a series of three shows together, uh, and we're going to dive into a number of topics. He's a very experienced operator that I look up to, uh, and, and you're going to enjoy this show. Devin, welcome back to the show. I've been looking forward to this interview. You and I haven't got to catch up in a couple of years, I think, but you've always been somebody I've respected uh, in this space, uh, and so I value your Thoughts and and I know the knowledge and things you're going to bring to us over a series here, just so the listeners know, we're going to do at least a couple shows with Devin uh, and dive in on a number of topics that are going to be relevant to you today in your business. But Devin, welcome back. Whitney, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to reunite here uh, on the podcast and I was happy to see this on the calendar today. So good to, good to see you. Look forward to catching up. Yeah, yeah, me as well. Devin, give us a, a little bit about your business right now. I know there's a couple of things we're gonna, well, you and I talked about, we're gonna dive into, but give us an over overview. Uh, you know what, DJ, you know what, what y'all are up to at the moment. How, maybe how things have changed a little bit over the last year, uh, and let's dive in. Yeah, love to. So, just kind of current snapshot of where the business is at. We own varying ownership stakes in about a quarter billion dollars of real estate. All of that's in Texas. Most of that's in San Antonio. Most of that's multifamily. So. You know, multifamily deal, I might have 30% ownership, 25% ownership, just kind of a general partner ownership. We usually syndicate that. And then we've got industrial projects. We've got rural land projects, which is kind of off the beaten path there, but it's been good for our business. And then um, we've got the management company as well. So our company is about 75 strong right now. Most of that is on the multifamily property management team side. And then, you know, here I'm sitting here in our corporate headquarters, downtown San Antonio with kind of the accounting team, investor relations team, um, transaction coordinator, uh, a brokerage that I'm a partner in and and a consulting company that I'm a partner in. So that's, that's kind of our hub. And that's uh, that's what the company looks like right now. You know, we wanted to we wanted to come out and buy 1,200 units as kind of our target for 2023 just like to set that out there not that we have to to date this year we've bought um we bought a little 114 unit we took over a mixed use project which is 60 units and then we're closing 300 units this week actually so slower on the 
buy side than we wanted to, but we're still out there. You know, we're not pencils down. We're we're constantly looking at deals. It's just a matter of, hey, debt's a lot different than it was before. So what are we doing? Are we assuming a loan? Are we getting high interest fixed debt and making it work? Uh, are we, you know, what are we doing there to still do multifamily deals? So we love multifamily. We're built for it. It's the majority of our portfolio, but we've got some other avenues, both for us with our operating overhead that we need, we need to meet those objectives. And then for investors too, we want, we want to constantly have a menu item. You know, it's no good to get somebody fired up about putting 50 K in a multifamily deal. And you don't have a deal for them at all for 12 months. You know, that that's not a great experience. So we, we found some other ways to kind of, I would say have regular deals to put in front of investors, which I feel like helps keep us relevant, helps keep people's money moving, which, which is what a lot, a lot of folks want. That's awesome. I appreciate you mentioning a few things there because I, I was telling you this before we started recording. I know the listeners have heard me talk about this a little bit is that uh, obviously it's been a, a time where uh, these multifamily deals we've been doing has kind of dried up a little bit, right? <laughs> you know, okay. uh, they've just not been the deal flow or there's not been deals that we can get done, right? With with debt as high as it is or expensive and interest rates. So um, I, I think there's been a, a few ways that you and, and many uh, of us have had to be creative, right? Uh, and, and I think it's, it's weights in times like this, it, it pushes us to be better, right? Uh, in so many ways. Uh, and and uh, I think we're we're going to dive into some of that. You mentioned closing a 300 unit deal. I think this week is that right? right? Um, yeah. Can you uh, you know, since you mentioned that, I thought it would be helpful. I like. Can you highlight that? Deal? Are you able to talk about that deal? I don't have to disclose every last detail. It's actually a, a two deals adjacent to each other, same ownership group, and it's a basis play. You know, I mean, we're getting fixed rate debt with it that starts with an eight. You know, that'll make your eyes cross, right? Uh, especially when I'm looking at some of our fixed rate debt. You know, we've got a deal. We're taking a market with most likely it'll be an assumption at, you know, 3.5 on the rate and seven years left, right? Just like things changed a lot in the last, uh, you know, 18 months here. So anyway, high rate, but really, really good basis, 20-year ownership, which I rarely see. And, uh, and and just kind of all the things you want, you know, uh, 100% occupancy, well below market rents, well located, all that kind of stuff. So it worked because of the because uh, of the basis, you know. And the owners, the seller's basis is so low because they bought it in you know the year yeah. 2001 that it's just like we're in a different universe. How much inflation's happened since then? That you know, are they selling it for less than they could have two years ago? I'm sure. Do they care? They don't care because their basis is just, you know, you don't even want to hear it because it's so, <laughs> it's so low. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're going to be in the buyer. Uh-huh. So, um, but our basis, it works great. It's a rebrand play. It's an operations play. It's a, it's a value add strategy play for us. Um, and so that, you know, that's one that, um, we moved quick on, we actually put hard, hard money on it too. I and mean, that's how much conviction we had in the deal in a market where, Hard money's hard earnest money is just not really a thing. We just saw this one. And I, you know, I'd mentioned that we we're not really pencils down. We're always looking at deals. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got an analyst and and brokers helping us looking at deals every week, making offers, you know, want to transact. And you know, that's acquisitions you're gonna swing and miss just about all the time. And so when you see one that that makes sense, first thing you go, for the first thing you do is say, Okay, what are we missing? Why are the numbers working? Did we 
you know, is a cell <laughs> wrong in the model yeah. or first question, what, what's going on here? Why is this, why is this penciling? And then once you, you know, get a bunch of eyes on it, you get your debt broker to look at it and you get the, the analyst and the operations team and everybody's kicking around and you, you validate that, okay, no, we're, we're looking at this the right way. We're excited about this. Let's, let's put everything we got behind it and make sure we win this thing. So that was kind of the, um, the deal behind that. We put fixed rate bridge debt on it just because we want to be able to forecast our, our number, we've got some variable rate stuff and rate caps. And if anybody's been dealing with that the last year, you know, it's, it's been tr tricky to navigate with some of your debt service climbing, or if you, you know, if you have a rate cap maturity coming up, you got to figure that out. So we want to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to fix it. We've got three years plus one plus one. So possible five-year term, we kind of assumed we're going to be in the same high rate the whole time. But if we get an opportunity to refire sell in a low rate environment, that'll just be, that'll be some, some bonus, but we're not counting on it. Um, again, just kind of a basis, good old fashioned value add play. Where we're going to go in and spend close to 4 million bucks on rebrand and new office and parking lots and roofs and, you know, painting and interiors and kind of the whole, the whole nine yards. So we're excited about, excited about that deal. You know, glad to have one to kind of get done here right at the beginning of Q4. Keeps the team busy yeah. across the board, investor relations and the operations team. And, you know, we want to be, we want to be doing deals. It's been slower for us. Like it's been for everybody, but I think the name of the game for us is like, it all, it's always been hard. Like acquisitions for me, never been easy. It, right. it, it, 10 right. years of doing it, never it's, been easy. Um, what, how did you all find this deal? Broker. I'm as a marketing okay. deal. Okay. So, you know, it was a, it was a deal that um, there's one broker that, you know, for whatever reason, been staying real busy in Austin and San Antonio, and we've known him for years and um, have good relationship. And he was able to give us a, a pretty strong recommendation to the seller. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's been it's been interesting. The the brokers that are still active at the moment, right, are the ones that are right. still calling. What's happening? And yeah, and because uh, man, I know it's it's been slow for them, right? Uh, no doubt about oh, yeah, it. Sure. Any other uh, before we move on? I was just thinking about you know even this deal. Um, or what, how much are you all raising, raising for this? 11 million. You know, how, how would you gauge, you know, the raising ability now, uh, compared to 12 months ago or 18 months ago? It's really interesting, you know, for our, we do a number of different types of deals and there's some debt stuff and we have a fund, but let's just talk good old fashioned multifamily syndication. We've always done them, um, like a lot of folks do just kind of on demand, get the deal under contract, do some due diligence, get it to a point where you know you're going to close it, launch it and raise the equity. And, um, you know, we've been at this for a number of years. So you always feel pretty good about, hey, but every time we launch a deal, it's like, hey, how, you know, is this going to fill up overnight? Are we going to, is this going to be a lot of phone calls? You know, how's this going to, going to um, go? I think, you know, $11 million in this market was pretty straightforward for us. We raised it pretty quick. But I think, that's a function of a couple of things. One is just kind of that snowball effect of adding investors over years and years. So the investor base has just grown a lot for us. Mm -hmm. um, two, less deal flow in the last, you know, in the, in the last year, uh, just, you know, we wanted to buy five, six deals this year if we could find them. And I think we had the ability to do that. It's just, we haven't found them. So less deal flow, more investors, um, and then I think just the story of the deal itself. Hey, is there is there interest rate risk on the table? No, we've we've you know we've locked that up. That's not really the issue. Uh, yeah, we're paying 
paying a high rate, but the basis, you know, we want on the buy side, we want low rates and low prices. Not going to happen at the same time, right? If we got low rates, we're going to pay high prices as buyers. Uh, right now we have high rates. And so if you can find a low basis and make it work, then then that's it. So to answer your question, I think um, for us specifically on this deal, it went it went well. It was very smooth, but that's because of limited deal flow this year for us and a growing investor base. So that that was kind of it. You know, anecdotally, what I'm hearing from operators out there is that certainly it's more challenging yeah. uh, than it than it's been. What would you say is your uh and I normally ask this towards the end, but I think it's helpful right here. Uh what's your best source for meeting new investors and you're all growing your investor base right now? Right. You know, I'm I'm on a bunch of calls this week with some marketing firms. We've not ever paid for marketing or done anything, but I think it's time in our company's history to start exploring that, right? We've got the budget for it. We've got the team, got maybe the infrastructure to handle that. Historically though, I mean, you know, this company started with me doing houses with hard money. And then once I had a track record there, borrowing a hundred grand from a guy I met at uh, a meetup who was my first private lender. That was this big aha moment. And then, uh, you know, and he was easier to work with and little lower cost capital. And I thought, man, I, I can do this all day long if if there's uh, so built, you know, then there's two private lenders, then there's five, then there's 10, then there's a syndication, which is different, but really started with one person and has kind of grown since then. It, we brought Justin on a couple of years back. Um, gosh, it's been about three years now since Justin joined. He's our head of investor relations and to kind of take over that um talking to investors and the whole investor experience, Justin runs that, but it's still very organic. You know, I've got a podcast and I'll tell you, number one, just to get to the punchline, it's a referral. Absolutely. You know, it's somebody's in a deal. We took care of them. Now their brother wants to take a look. And I mean, that's been it, which I think is great for any business, right? That's the best kind of way you can grow. So referral, it's been, it's been a long, slow growth path for us, but you know, what we set up a few years ago was let, hey, let's just focus on having a phone call or two a day per business day with a prospective new investor. And that's somebody that has the capability to invest. They know our minimum is 50,000 and they're they're interested. Okay, that's enough. Get in the system. We're going to send, we're going to have a call with them. We're going to send them a Starbucks gift card and an email, say thank you. We're going to put them on the newsletter list. We're going to let them know if deal launches. And as long as we're just doing that consistently and and how I knew I needed to hire somebody for investor relations is I set some goals and that the week could go by and I, I said, man, I had one and one investor prospect call this week. That's not going to cut it. It's time to hire somebody, <laughs> but we've been doing that consistently for like three years now, you know? And so yeah. um, just organically having those conversations, relationship referrals is how we've done it. And so, I, you know, I, um, I will occasionally go speak. If I'm going to go speak somewhere, it's it's leveraged. You know, I prefer to be in front of a lot of people to where that time is is highly leveraged for me and, and making maximum impact. So I do some speaking and things like that. But um, at the end of the day, it's Justin just kind of day in, day out, having conversations with with new folks, telling them about what we do, putting them on the putting them on the list and letting them know when we've got a when we've got a deal. Pretty old, and they're, pretty old and they're coming. You said mentioned from referrals, but uh, any other way that they're finding you though to be able to have that call with them? Yeah, so I mean, I've got a podcast, um, and I think we don't have the best tracking mechanism in the world to be able to point to. Oh, they listened to episode 166. Yeah, yeah it's now, hard. 
you know, but, but we're out there with that. And then I'll go do speaking engagements. And again, really hard to kind of point to yeah. um, the a path, you know, for, for, for that to come in. But um, we get a lot of anecdotal feedback about the podcasts and events. So I think, you know, for somebody that's out there syndicating, um, you know, set a target for yourself to, to have those lunch meetings, to have those coffee meetings, to have those, those 15 minute zoom calls just to kind of get to know people. And I think you can always continue to have those conversations, even if you don't have a deal, everybody wants to have a deal, obviously, but you can continue to do those, those exercises and go through that and build that, build those relationships over time. Cause you know, a month is going to go by three months, six months, a year is going to go by quick. And if you are consistently having those conversations, that's going to build up over time. So you mentioned that's, like your newsletter as well that, uh, yeah. you know, just so there's another way you're staying in touch. Right. And, and we won't spend a ton of time here, but, but like, how do you, what do you put in your newsletter? How are you adding value, you know, good content to your investors there? Who's responsible for that? How do you come up with it? Sure. So I think I recommend anybody that's trying to raise capital, start a monthly newsletter as soon as they're willing to commit to it forever. Like don't start it and stop it three months later. <laughs> the months go by surprisingly fast. You're like, Gosh, is, is it the first again? We got to publish again. One thing I did was started numbering them, um, which, you know, the first one, not going to be that impressive, but we just sent out our 72nd, actually, sorry, we're sending out next Tuesday, 72nd newsletter. That's six consecutive years of newsletters, you know? And wow. if I'm reading that, I'm going, oh, hey, you know, um, if I'm looking at Whitney Sewell's podcast and there's thousands of episodes, you go, okay, this, this guy's not brand new to this thing. It's instant kind of credibility for you to have that longevity. So our newsletter is a, is a monthly deal. It goes out. We're on MailChimp right now. Um, it starts off with a, a letter from the principal. So me just kind of recapping what's going on the last month. And then, you know, we'll plug in if we've got events going on, that's one block we'll plug in. Um, we pretty much have a standing block for our income, our, uh, our fund, which is always on. So we can always mention that. Um, we'll, we always have a couple events going on in San Antonio, Austin, or Houston. So we'll plug that we've got, I publish a weekly podcast. So there's four podcasts that we can put in there. So the content is, is almost kind of like automatically done. We're doing events. The team runs that we're doing a podcast that I host it, but the team runs that. So we've got a four podcasts a month. Um, we've got a, a message from me, which I've got a, you know, we, a monthly reminder for myself to kind of start writing it and put, maybe we'll pull in some stuff where we are featured in the business journal or different things going on or different wins. Um, if there's something notable that happened with the team, maybe we had our Christmas party or something like that, but the, the blocks are almost kind of set, right? Note from me, um, podcasts, events, mention the fund and then, uh, any, anything else noteworthy. So, you know, I tell people you build a newsletter, think about having three blocks, you know, and one of them is an intro from you and what's going on with the family and what, what real estate stuff you're doing. And and another block is maybe something that you're listening to that added value for you or a conference you attended. And another block is maybe you went on a tour of a, of a project. And so I think if you just kind of format it that way and, and try to try to systematize it a little bit, so you're not, um, trying to come up with this stuff on the, on the fly last minute, but yeah, no, that's helpful. I, so I get questions all the time about something as simple as a newsletter. So it's yep. helpful to hear even what you're doing. Congratulations on what 70, some of them. <laughs> that's that's right? awesome. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I love that numbering them. And then, you know, knowing that you commit to this plan to do it forever. Uh, yep. But, but you have a system, right. Uh, you know, and you're, you're thinking of that through the month, your team's thinking of what to put in there. Uh, but I think it's helpful for, 
you know, your investor list to see that from you all the time, right? And even that is uh, like, it's a newsletter. They're hoping to maybe learn something. They learn a lot probably about you personally and your team, different, you know, different things they're taking from you. Uh, but there's no ask typically, or maybe there's some small call to action, but it's not like come invest in our deal every month, right? Uh, right. Or, or they do see your debt fund, they're reminded of that, whatever it may be. Um, but then it's different when you send out maybe a notice for a deal, right? Uh, totally, yeah. totally different. Um, yeah, we, we'll even, you know, we, we actually moved, we were going to, pub, we published on the first Tuesday of the month, which was going to be yesterday. But my investor relations, uh, Justin was like, hey, we, we're pushing out this land deal. And we're we're real cognizant of like not spamming people. We don't want to send you yeah. two emails on the same day that are different. I'm, I'm, I'm on some lists where I get an email every day. I'm like, Okay. Uh, but I, for whatever reason, we're, we're not, we haven't done that. So we actually pushed our newsletter to next week so we could get a deal out and create a little bit of space. So yeah, it's a separate yeah. kind of deal notification for sure. Awesome. Well, that's just a, a little sidebar there. I just wondered about the, how you all raise money for this deal. I appreciate you sharing about this 300 units. That's impressive. I'm not really hearing hardly anybody closing deals right now. So that's um, not amazing you all. Yeah, yeah. You all got that done. Congratulations to you and your team on that. Uh, Devin, we'll end this segment here. And just the listeners, we're going to do another one and dive in on a few things uh, a little further with Devin. But how can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? Best spot is our website, our company's DJE. So DJETexas.com. That's Delta Juliet Echo and then Texas spelled out.com. And it's all there, podcast, contact, you know, uh, what types of deals we're doing, all that fun stuff's there. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.